Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaos. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again in another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I am your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we have returned to Masks of Neolothotep. We are still in the England chapter. I have assembled our cast of investigators for you this evening. Introductions to my right. It's Lonnie. I'm playing Lawrence Edward Oliver Forsyth, and um, let's go on a day trip. To his right. I'm Morgan. I play Lillian Lane, and apparently we need some more money. I mean... Right? You have um, booze-fueled European adventures to... Absolutely. Uh, you know, right? You've got to bankroll light, all those. Light stuff on fire. That comes later. Uh, at the end of the table. This is Jake. I'll be playing Jack Doyle, and I have stuff to uh, share with everyone. Yes, you are full of things that you would like to distribute, and also you'd like to talk. Right. So, uh, to Jack's right. This is James. I will be playing Dr. Sigmund Tartenbach, and I am just interested to see how everything unfolds. Yes, yes, the doctor is beginning to feel a little bit better. He's had a little bit more bed rest, and uh, hopefully that means he'll be up and around again shortly. To the doctor's right. This is Tiffany, and I play Maeve O'Shea, and um, I have a lead to follow. You Indeed you do. Uh, last but most certainly not least... This is Alex. I'll be playing Simone Granger. I think at this point, I'm probably uh, plunging something into a flu somewhere. In some regards, yes, you are probably uh, unknackering someone's chimney, as they might say. Um, so we were going to raise the curtain tonight as the door opens to the hotel room at the Waldorf Astoria. And one Jack Doyle steps in, having uh, done a little bit of research on his own. So who's uh, down or who's around that when I come in? Miss Lane would be back uh, with Mr. Forsyth from the scoop. And I would imagine that uh, the doctor is probably recuperating somewhere in a nearby room. And if that's the case, then Miss O'Shea is probably just in the general area of him to make sure he can get what he needs. Yes. Okay. Yes. Sounds good. All right. So that's who's within, as they say, shouting distance, sir. <laughs> All right. Well, I've had a productive day. Do tell. I visited the uh, British Museum. Okay. Uh, found found out some interesting information, and then I uh, visited another museum and talked to uh, a learned individual. About? About uh, near Lathotep. Okay. Do we want to have everyone here for this? Do you just want me to give this to you uh, now? I'm here. I will help the doctor up so that he can come sit on the couch. It is good to be up and around for a while. I am tired of that bed. All right, so I'll gather everybody together. Well, who, everyone who's here, because I know... Uh... Well, you know now, as you gather people together, that Mr. Granger is not here. Right. Well, we'll do the best we can, then. 
we'll have to fill them in later. All right, so as I was saying, I visited the uh, British Museum. I spoke with somebody there about it. He he wasn't able to give me a lot of information, but he was able to uh, decipher part of the word, part of the name. Hotep means uh, to be at peace or a ritual offering to a deity or a dead person. So I think, but he's never heard of the uh, this individual before. He did point me to another museum, the Petrie Museum of Egyptian and Sudanese. And there I talked to another individual who knew a little bit more. In fact, he uh, kind of recognized the name. Before I get too far into it, he gave me, uh, he told me that it would be best if I, we don't go throwing this name around very often because it could have, uh, it could rouse certain people. Like the ones we already have? Yeah, or maybe more. Awesome. Yeah. Um, he believes uh, this individual is a lost pharaoh from during the ancient times of Egypt. He did actually, he even knew Jackson Elias. He had met him a few months ago. He was uh, saddened to hear about his passing. Uh, see what else uh, I'm trying to going through my notes here. There is a passage he had in one of his books that mentions uh Nirlathotep, mighty messenger, must all things be told, and he shall put on the semblance of man, the waxen mask, and the robes that hide, and come down from the world of seven sons to mock. Hmm. So the as he told me, the British Museum had been closed for a day because somebody ended up uh, murdered in a rather gruesome way at the museum. It's almost ritualistic. Like like the stuff we've seen? Not quite the same thing, but it was uh, pretty horrific, apparently. Were there any scarves? Red scarves? No. Not, not that... Again, this isn't... Uh, this is more uh, hearsay from somebody who knew what was going on, so I don't have definitive information, but they're keeping the whole thing very hush-hush. Let's see... Oh, and I mentioned uh, that Kikuku, the priestess or uh, princess that went along with Carlisle. The man at the British Museum thought it might have been a small uh, community near uh, Kenya. But uh, the man at the Petrie Museum wasn't uh, certain that it was a place that uh, you could actually come from. What does that mean? I don't know. It's very cryptic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How far away is the British Museum from the Penny Foundation? The Penny Foundation is in central London on Devonshire Street. Um, so it is fairly close to the British Museum, it appears, uh, at least by your reckoning there, Miss Lane. Uh, you would imagine it's probably an easy walk from the British Museum. It's in a high Victorian Built. It's a high Victorian building, so it's fancy, fancy spot, uh, architecture. So the only reason I asked that, or say that, is or asked that is because um, one of the things that uh, Mr. Forsyth and I learned at the Scoop, because we went back to the Scoop, was that the Penhu Foundation has been funding quite a few expeditions to Egypt over the last five or six years. I think it was about 20. And they're to collect the artifacts for safekeeping. Or so, I mean, that's what they're saying they're doing it for. 
I personally don't believe him, but... <laughs> I object to the whole idea. Right. Yeah, to, to protect the artifacts from people there. Uh, and I, I don't agree with that either, Doctor. So I, it's just kind of interesting that there was a, a, a gruesome cult-like death near there. Mr. Forsyth, do you have anything else to add since you were with me? Nothing at all. You've you've said it succinctly. That's a really big word you used. Oh, you were gone at the museum, Jack. So uh, I got a, a message from uh, Mr. Ramsey. Yes. Which, which in itself is super exciting. Uh, but apparently the Juju house went up in flames and they are investigating that looking for the person that might have done that hmm I can't imagine why it would have gone up in flames yeah. not like somebody wanted to hide something that's interesting it is and I'm kind of glad we're across the ocean at the moment <laughs> yeah oh uh, by the way I also got a message from Ramsey he wants to make sure we get uh, receipts for everything does he it's good. I have to send him a message because we need more money. So being that it's the afternoon and into evening, where would the investigators like to spend their time? Now, Miss O'Shea talked about um, in previous episodes potentially going and, and doing a little more research. Is she going to wait until tomorrow morning to make any forays out? Or Yeah. Because, I mean anybody or anything that would be going on at the spiritualist society would, you know, be coming to an end today. So. Of course, to play the devil's advocate at night, we wouldn't probably run into anyone. But I am not encouraging us to go at night. I am simply pointing out a fact. Well, mostly I want to talk to um, Lord Walters to um, find out, you know, when he last spoke to my father and, you know, yeah. if he has any leads on where he went from here. Yeah, yeah, that, that is the most important, yeah. So, evening or morning then? Morning. Morning. After breakfast. I do my killing after breakfast. All right. <laughs> Um, so here's what I'd like you each to do for me in roll 20, please. I would like you to roll your luck, please. Okay. Oh, yeah. Celine got a 19 out of 58. Lawrence got an 82 out of 43. <laughs> I got a 41 out of 82. 49 out of 68. You really have an 82 luck, you sicko. That's because I don't spend it on shit. You also don't get bonked on the head. <laughs> Doctor, <laughs> your luck is amazing. <laughs> well, to be fair. Uh, we know. Fair, we the, the, the doctor is still recovering from his, oh my God, I really don't want to die episode. <laughs> <laughs> but that's still amazing, though. I mean, <laughs> it is. All right. Is that everybody? It is not everybody. Is Alex rolling? <laughs> no, apparently not. Oh. Do you need all investigators? Too? Everybody, you bet. I mean, you want you want more luck, right? <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah, this is how we recover luck oh, by okay. rolling it. I'll take some of that. Yeah, no, I'm sure you will. All right, so Morgan, 
you may recover 11 points of luck. <gasps> yeah. Thanks. Yes. All right. Mr. Forsyth, who failed the roll, you may recover 21 points of luck. Mm. Yes. Uh, Jack, that's seven for you. Nice. Miss O'Shea gets eight. And poor doctor. <laughs> see if the birthday dice are good to you. They are good to you. So you're going to get 28 points of luck back. Fantastic. That's about a max, so enjoy that. Okay. Um, so the reason why we're doing the luck refresh now as a full luck recovery roll is that we have put to bed the case of the Derbyshire Horror. And because the case is over, uh, we're going to get our luck recovery on for what comes next. Do I get any luck? I'd say to someone nope. get some. <laughs> I'm waiting. Oh, there he is. Yes, you get luck, of course. 13, so that's uh, 23 luck. Nice. Yeah, that's good because you spent a crap load later, uh, just a few episodes ago. I spent a crap load every time I roll friggin' dice. Okay. <laughs> Have you considered hate rolling me. dice? <laughs> no. <laughs> we will, um, unless there's more that you want to do in the evening, uh, specifically, we can pick it up the next day. Uh, so the next morning arrives for our investigators in the, the Waldorf, and even for Mr. Granger, who is um, out amongst the people, as it were, in um, parts east. Um, you have your breakfast uh, brought up, and catered to you because you have that ability. And if memory serves correctly, Miss Lane wanted to send a telegram. I do. Okay. So what are you sending in your telegram? Or I should say, if you would like to just privately tell me, you can do that. Um, or if you don't care what everybody else hears, that's fine. You can tell everybody. I, I was going to go down to the, to the front desk and do that. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I head down to the front desk and um, go to the, the clerk that's up there, the reception person. Good morning. I was looking to send a telegram. To what, Could I do that through you? Of course, ma'am. Um, you see a rather smart-looking gentleman dressed up, and he takes out a, a pen and pulls a piece of paper over. Um, I'd like to send it to Mr. Carlton Ramsey in New York City. Mm. New York. United States. I'd like to ask him if he could wire us some funds. Wire mm -hmm. Lily Lane some funds, please. Of course. And um, if he had any further information about about a fire at the Juju house. All right. Let me see if I've got this right. He turns the message back over to you. Go ahead and give it a read through. And then if it looks right then we'll send it off. I take a gl I glance down at the message and, you know, it essentially, yeah. Sumit says, send funds to Lillian Lane, um, need more information about Juju, any more information about Juju House Fire, and message. Um, I think this looks good. We'll just simply build a room for the message. That would be fantastic. Thank you so much. Of course. If there's anything else we can attend to, please do not hesitate to ask. I will do that. And I turn around and head back upstairs. Alrighty, you head back upstairs. Um, doctor, you are just finishing your morning meal. The, the hotel has provided a fair sample of uh, 
quite pleasant food. And uh, the coffee here is strong, but not too strong. And there, of course, are several tea choices if you decide to go that route. Caffeine is good for you. It helps build healthy bones. Yeah, your your head has stopped the majority of the swelling and, and wailing, but uh, you know that you're you're definitely going to need the assistance of your cane walking around uh, the city. Slowly, after I eat, I slowly and carefully go around the room and prepare myself for going out of going out in the city. Dress smartly, prepare my doctor's bag, and be ready to go when. Maeve inevitably comes knocking on my door. Excellent. Um, Mr. Forsyth, how are you spending your morning? I'm, uh, I'm spending my morning uh, probably just getting the morning victuals, uh, reading the newspaper, um, seeing if there's anything of interest in the newspaper pertaining to our situation. And debating whether or not to go to go with Miss Lane or go to Scotland Yard. Yes, that is uh, quite the question, isn't it? Or taking Miss Lane to Scotland Yard. I'm not sure which. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, apparently, I don't get the vote in this. No, no, she have a vote over here at large, apparently. <laughs> right. <laughs> Miss Lane at large, film at eleven. I just want to see if there's a reward out for it. That's all. No, I should probably not go to Scotland Yard. <laughs> not with a hatchet. I think we um, know why have... Ramsey sent her that telegram. <laughs> you do see on one of the back pages, uh, as you're fishing through the paper, Mr. Forsyth, you do see a story that kind of piques your interest. And it's oh, okay. a story out of, uh, uh, from the north, from Darby. And it details the uh, temporary closing of a mine. Temporary. Uh, the story is pretty, pretty brief, but it says that the uh, the mine recently had a cave-in issue and that the uh, local mining company is taking stock of the situation before moving forward further. But it is yet another blow to the mining uh, workers and their uh, ability to earn a fair wage that's bad. I mean, now they'll all be economically anxious. As if they weren't already. I guess that is the question before the investigators for this uh, this morning, which is where are your focuses going to lie? Are there members going to Scotland Yard? Are people going to go back, or, or is a larger force going to go back to the, the British Museum in hopes of tracking down stuff at the library? We know and where the doctor and... Uh, Miss O'Shea are going to aim at. But what about you, Jack? I'm interested in uh, both the serial killers and the uh, murder at the British Museum. So I might end up going to Scotland Yard if I can get anybody to go with me. It'd be great. <clears throat> I think he's talking to you, Lonnie. I don't think Lonnie wants to go with you. Okay. <laughs> hey, I won't shoot him in the back at least. That's true. He might shoot me in the front, but not in the back. Yeah, if I'm going to shoot you, you're going to be facing me, and you're going to have a gun in your hand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, uh, I was thinking. I was thinking about going to uh, to uh, Scotland Yard, anyways, to inquire about the Egyptian murders. Yeah, yeah. So, so I want to inquire about those, and then I want to inquire about the murder at the uh, British Museum. 
sounds like the two of you are gearing up then to stop in and see Inspector Barrington at Scotland Yard. Mm-hmm. So I suppose then that beggars the question beyond the message sent to Ramsey. Uh, what's Miss Lane's plan for the morning? Um, I'd like to go to the library in the area and I'd like to look at some of their periodicals um, to do a little bit more digging into the Penu Foundation's um, funded expeditions and maybe to the British Museum. But we'll start with the library. <laughs> I think where I want to start then is I'm going to start with the doctor and Miss O'Shea. Okie dokie. Wunderbar. The two of you are going to walk over, I guess, or take the bus or the train over to uh, an older part of London. And that would be uh, in Kensington or near Hyde Park. This is a, a beautiful, almost picturesque area of London. This is where all the old money is, James. Uh, that's probably the first thing that the doctor feels about this place. It's old money lives here. This seems very familiar. This is familiar stomping grounds. Mm -mm. Indeed. Finding the society itself is not difficult at all. The building is fairly well, well appointed. It's fairly well, it's very easy to see. Uh, it's another high Victorian building. It's got the massive vaunted front end and you can see the long, or I should say the, the very tall and thin kind of uh, picturesque windows to it. It almost reminds you a little bit of some of the architecture you saw uh, coming into uh, coming into town on the train. But this building seems cold almost, even from the outside. Uh, the rest of the town bustles past. It's almost as if this is like, this is a building that is set back a little bit from the main road. Not too far, but just a little bit. But it's almost as if time just passes over the top of the building's architecture, passes around the front steps. Maeve, do you notice how the building seems to be hiding? It's, it's, it is shy. I have never seen a shy house before. Yeah, it, it strikes me as odd. But then again, if it's somebody my father knew, it's not that surprising, I suppose. My dear, uh, after all of our travels together, the term odd has become a very broad and muddy term for me. Okay, this one is the least odd that we've seen. Well, yeah, I will agree with that so far. <laughs> but, you know, he takes out his pocket watch. The, the day is young, and we still have many hours until we are back at the hotel. And we haven't been inside. Which brings us to the next thing, shall we? Yep. You guys are going to uh, head in? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm taking note of the grounds as I walk in, like, actually looking at them a little more, like, They've been tended recently. There isn't anything out of place, any windows broken or anything. So why don't you both give me a spot hidden roll? I would love to. I have no doubt you would. <laughs> 52 out of 72. 
You know what, Mike? I think I'm going to actually spend the four luck. We just got some back, and it's nice to spend them on something that doesn't involve my brain juices. So I'm going <laughs> to go ahead and spend four luck to make that a success. I I appreciate your gusto, Doctor. I, Even though you were nearly killed, and you've spent your luck, and now you're back at the wheel. You're like that gambler. I love that. Um, you cannot play. You cannot win if you do not play. So it's fairly clear to both of you that the grounds here have not been kept in some time. It's probably maybe a month or two, if not more. The grounds here are not kept up as the rest of the neighborhood is. Even some of the wrought iron fencing that's here seems to have gotten a little bit tarnished next to the other properties that are around here. The other properties, though, seem to do a good job with hedgerows and uh, architecture to almost almost make up for the fact that this building is not well kept almost seem to draw more attention to it but to both of your eyes this thing sticks out like a sore thumb it's the only property here that isn't immaculate and because it's not immaculate then it looks off because it's not right it's very very wrong (laughs) yeah uh, you don't see any broken windows per se. Um, there, the windows here are a little dark. They have their shades drawn. Uh, you see that there are two paths generally as you enter the property. One is towards the front door, and then, as you would know, there is a second, uh, smaller walkway uh, that is probably a serv- an entrance for service. Well, I'm going to the front door. Okay. Yeah. It is rude to go to the servant's entrance unless you are our servant. Or you're sneaking in. You go to the front door. There it is, big English oak front door. You see that there is a massive lion head that serves as a door knocker uh, in the central part of the door. As uh, long as it doesn't talk to me, I will uh, use the door that's knocker. That's funny, I was just going to go with the Jacob Marley. <laughs> <laughs> Dickensian is, re- is good for a reason. <laughs> right. Uh, I grab the door knocker um, and give it a good wrap. You can feel the sound reverberate through the door. And it's at that point that the waiting begins. And you wait. And wait. Do I hear any movement? Eventually, probably after a good minute, you begin to hear some movement behind the door. Okay. Then I will be patient. The the latch and bolt move and... With a real heavy creak, this door swings open. And behind it, there is a rather bent-framed man, older, probably in his mid-50s to 60s. Uh, He has white hair. He's still wearing the garments of of service. You can see that he's uh, still smartly dressed, although it looks like his his suit has gone a bit tattered there at the edges. Um, And he, uh, with a struggled smile he lifts his face to you and says uh, uh yes may i help you yes we were um looking for uh lord walters is he available um, are you uh, are you expected unfortunately no i'm sorry i see if you'd if you'd give me just a, a moment i will I will speak with the Lord. Okay. Here, another okay. set of yeah. 
you hear another set of foot footsteps. These are much firmer. Well, can it just one moment? You see a very tall man stride in, wearing fairly smart-looking black suit. Uh, it's a bit aged in the sense that it's not nearly anywhere the the newer styles. He has big bushy sideburns, almost like this big handlebar mustache that kind of folds into a beard. And he uh, seems genuinely surprised, pleasantly so, at uh, people on the doorstep. Oh, my word. I'm Lord Walters, he gestures to himself. Um, Kenneth, go and put on some tea for us, wouldn't you? Uh, my dear, he extends a hand forward, very gentlemanly. I will take his hand. Wonderful to see you. And you, sir. I extend my hand. Dr. Tattenbach. A nice firm handshake. Oh, Dr. Wonderful. At your service. Now, um, please come in. He steps back and gives you space to move in. I will. Yeah, I let her go first, obviously. Of course, as you're a man of, you know, gentlemanly nature. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm like <laughs> distracted. Uh, my name's Mavo Shea. And if you recognize my last name, that is m- the reason for my visit. Yes. Um, I, I do recognize your name. He shuts the, the, the door. Um, if you would just join me here, perhaps in the parlor, it's just right. He just kind of points about five feet away. Uh, you can see that there's a wide parlor. Uh, you see, it's actually not your normal style of parlor. It's just sitting there. You can see that there are several bookshelves that have been lined and fitted into the walls here. There's a, a small fire going. Kenneth would buy with the with our tea in just a bit. I, I apologize for the appearance. Um, as you guys are just getting the first view inside this high Victorian building, you notice that it is not what it once was, and that is evident. You can tell here that probably has not been swept as far as for cobwebs uh, in some time. You can tell that the curtains are probably drawn in most of the windows simply because the building no longer retains heat as well. It being the colder months here in February in London, he's probably trying to keep as much of the heat in as he possibly can. It also, it's a little dark. Uh, there aren't many lights on and it seems to almost kind of wrap a cold blanket around your shoulders when you walk through the, the main spaces this place kind of kind of has a pall about it yeah it, it it's not um how do I say this it isn't that there is like a a creep factor this place right it doesn't feel creepy it feels like it's a place that that time has moved on past since. Right, it feels it's like an abandoned house. Already lived its life and is now just waiting to fall down, basically. I guess the the thing that maybe Sigmund might equate it with would be a house that does not have um, a, an active hearth. So that there is no heart of the home active. And so it right. feels like the rest of the body of the house is just kind of sitting around. 
in the parlor is it like a library parlor or is it more of just like a seating room with chairs and, and a desk uh, it's very much a library parlor for sure there's probably okay. six to eight bookshelves that are in different uh, that, that have been built into the surrounding walls well as this was a foundation of study um, and as the doctor's eyes have been opened recently as to what is and is not studyable <laughs> He will begin to peruse the books with some interest, waiting for them to come in. Maybe he shows you into the parlor past uh, the doctor, and you can see that there are several small couches, and there's a couple of chairs to, to sit in. He gestures to one of the um, couches. Please sit, Miss O'Shea. I'm happy to have you here. I will take a seat. <clears throat> I'm happy to be here. Well, wonderful. We, uh, it's always nice to have people stop by the society again. Yes. Well, I mostly came to find out if you knew of the whereabouts of my father, Neil, or if he said he was going anywhere, or how, how long he was here. Oh, well, it's been months since I've seen Neil. But you have seen him this year? No, 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 no. It would have been mid-last year, a high summer. In an intellectual way, we we parted ways. Friendly, of course. He gestures, trying to reassure you. We just simply parted ways intellectually. I have been, for some time, trying to rekindle what, what was here. Uh, a few decades ago, the halls here used to be so filled with students and some folks studying and and now it's uh, it's become very uh, very desperate to keep things open what was he differing in as far as the your study or students being here or anything like that well I, I suppose I should ask Miss um, O'Shea how much of what your father was um, filling his time with how much of it is known to you well i have his journals but i have not seen my father in about six years he's been here just uh, almost the same amount of time we we met uh, soon after he he landed uh, this would have been i want to say the spring of 1920 yes it was well it was really the the end of an era here when he arrived he was part of the group part of the last group that I formally taught and what were you teaching him? matters of uh, the spiritual society what the society believes in and the ability to communicate and to learn potentially from those who have passed Kenneth arrives with tea, a clattering tray held by uh, shaky hands as best as he can walk into the parlor, down the two steps and and into uh, the area. You see him move and set the tray up. He begins the slow and steady process of pouring tea. Lord Walters, um, do you, not to get off topic, but do you have any books that we may read about this 
fascinating subject of the spirituality that you are talking about? My good doctor, I have many books. Um, oh, wunderbar. But our library here is only available to those who are members of the society. So while I appreciate your inquiry and your uh, desire for knowledge, it is the society's purpose to make sure that that knowledge gets into the hands of the proper students. I wouldn't pre presume to uh, take a, a medical textbook and begin doing surgery on people, right? Uh, no, I, I suppose you wouldn't. That would be a disastrous, yeah. And if I had come to you for such a textbook, he further points, it would be improper for you to give me the textbook if that's what you knew my aim was, yes? Mm. But as a man of science, I would definitely point someone who is interested in the right direction. And then he looks pointedly at Miss O'Shea. As, as I will do. Uh, yeah, you must understand. Neil came to me seeking something that he was not ready to understand. And it was my job as a teacher to prepare him to understand what he was searching for. Which was? At this point, I just come over and sit down next to Miss O'Shea. He draws a, a long breath and waits for Kenneth to finish serving the tea and kind of picking up and stepping back out of the room. He looks at you Miss O'Shea, and you can tell that he has a significant weight on him. Your father was searching for a method to or practice a, a way of influencing what was going on with your mother. Now, many long nights, Neil and I sat with psychology textbooks, even the, the teachings of vaunted men like Freud and others seeking a way to cure your mother from what was ailing her. And when those books that he'd spent so many nights searching through could do him no good, he knew he had to seek out someone who could teach him something that colleges would not. And so I assisted him from afar at first and then in person later in the method of spiritualism and the practices of communicating with spirits outside the physical realm. After hearing her case, I believe that the challenge that your mother, the, the ailment that your mother has, is that she is under what we would call a soft possession. I would agree, considering I've seen what bothers her. It's my understanding that she was remanded to an institution in Illinois. Yes. I hope you understand that your father didn't... He did not make this decision lightly. No, and I understand she needs constant supervision and she needs some place she can always be safe. And if he's trying to help her, then he cannot be with her all the time. I have come to terms with that. I've seen in what state my mother is in. But I'm also upset that I have not heard from, have not seen, 
have not spoken to my father. He vanished like he was never there. You are wondering why? Yeah. I want to know why. I want to know where he went. I want to find him. It is my understanding that the choices that your father made were for... for a myriad of reasons, but a a central and core one of some of the techniques he was trying to use require him to be in utter isolation. And that goes further than simply physical isolation, that he must isolate himself both mentally and spiritually. That doesn't sound healthy. I believe your father was willing to put your mother's long-term health over the short-term of his own. I believe that, but at some point he also has to realize that some of this affects me as well. Mm. I could not in any way possibly speak for him. I will not. That is not my position or my duty. I gave my opinion to your father about his decision to stay here in England for an extended period of time especially given the circumstances that your mother found herself in. It was not ideal to to stay long-term. But he would not listen. Rather headstrong. I know nothing of that, as I look at the doctor. Of course not. Who is hip-deep in a smirk at the moment. <laughs> yeah. So after you had your disagreement, I'm assuming it's on the practice itself or how it should be done because that would only make sense to me um do you know who he went to speak to or what he went to seek after Um, my understanding is that he took up with several of the students from the final class that i held here we unfortunately must understand that the society is Spiritualism in London is dead. It has been now for some time. And my ability to gain the financial assistance to keep it going has faltered, unfortunately, on several levels. Although I have one potential bright spot of hope with uh, another American, uh, there is no guarantee that I will gain their, uh, their support. And while the title is help enough, it is not everything I need financially to continue the society and its work. And so he took up with several students at uh, at a, a house northwest of London in hopes of continuing his practice. He said that the rituals that he had been able to uncover here showed him that it might be possible to work the problem from a different angle. This is our disagreement. Because you believe that they are rigidly set a certain way for a reason. Because I believe that the physical world and the spiritual world exist while they might coexist in certain spaces, they are wholly two separate worlds and that what is physical what is flesh cannot exist there 
Right, unless he learned... Well, I don't know if there's been enough study to say that that's the same plane. If he could astral project or not. I guess I don't see what else he's still studying. Because if we're talking a potential possession, then if he already knows how to contact or speak with others on the other plane, then wouldn't he go back to speak with the creature that is bothering my mother? Which I don't believe is from the same plane. Just putting that out there. This is much of the same argument that I made to your father. Uh, I thought it... I thought even all with all the research, he should have returned to her and to you and put directly to the work himself with, with her there. But he claimed that this spirit originated somewhere from here and that whomever sent this spirit because he was pure and driven by the idea that the spirit was sent to malign her from here that if he could simply run down the location of where it had happened here then he could stop it from happening and undo whatever damage had been done to her perhaps he gestures to the doctors uh, in the doctor direction even perhaps uh, Sarah uh, psychological therapies afterwards yeah Okay, so then I guess that just brings up more questions like what was he doing or what did he do or who did he contact to have a spirit or entity from here go and disturb or disrupt my mother? That I am not entirely clear on yet. I I could tell you who he last spoke with, the students he last spoke with here. Perhaps you could continue your search with them. Yes, please. Very much. That would be extremely helpful. Thank you. I do know uh, one of the gentlemen. uh, There was a Peter Walmsley. Uh, He'd been in the society for about eight or so months. Rather nice gentleman, if I do say so. He had a a predilection for port. And uh, he seemed to always enjoy a good drink. Whatever became of him, I'm not so terribly certain. Uh, When he left with your father, um, they left under rather mysterious circumstances. Okay. Like, what kind of mysterious circumstances? There had been an incident. Neil, along with three of these younger society members, eager perhaps a bit inexperienced comparatively to him, slipped their way into the library here after closing. And uh, from what I have been able to uncover, I believe their intention was to assist your father in this ritual. They wanted to contact some higher spirit. And as I had told them all before, Rituals like this are reserved for groups that are guided by senior members like myself. Walmsley was one. Gentleman by the name of Richard Key. And then Samantha Mulberry. They were all in their eagerness, willing to throw wide the gate of precaution. The results were 
well, to put it mildly, disastrous. He uh, takes a sip of tea. I'm concerned about just what they may have brought forth during this ritual. I would like you to find out what happened as well. Well, if you will be here, I will contact you with any information that I come across. Do you have the address of where they went or where they are staying? I can give you a bit more detail then on members. You can perhaps fairly easily through the society's information books here, you can track them down if you'd like. Oh, yes, please. Walmsley, uh, as as much as he loved a good port, um, I had to ensure after this that the society papers and that the well, the constabulary were not involved. You'll find Walmsley, as last I left any knowledge of it at Bedford Asylum. Oh, so it was that kind of disaster. Yes, from what I understand, he's been very difficult to communicate with, Miss O'Shea. Now, Key, Richard had been with uh, with us at the time for about uh, a year and a half, two, maybe two, yes. I, well, I'm, so, I'm sorry that I'm at such a loss as to what happened, but I thought he would be a little bit more sensible. He always seemed to have a good head on his shoulders, but Richard is dead. Okay. It's the after effects of whatever they attempted. Do you have any more information of, like, how he died? When did he die? How long after the incident? I, I spoke with Samantha. She did her best to fill me in on what happened. She came to the house here and... Well, she... She was worried, I think, to, that she was going to be blamed for what happened. I believe they attempted this ritual to, to communicate with this spirit, and I believe that... I believe someone was possessed. And the person who was possessed killed Richard. Oh, okay. Now, I arranged for a discreet burial at Waybuilder's Cemetery. Aside from that, there's very little I could tell you. Not to be insensitive, but did Mr. Key have any sort of family or anything that we could speak to about his condition and anything he may have said right before he passed away? Uh, Key does have family, yes. His father and his family are fairly well off. It is perhaps good that we speak to them, maybe I'm thinking. Hmm, Yes, you'll want to speak with uh, Miss Mulberry as well. Um, Yes, where is she? Uh, she lives with her family here in the London area. Okay. Fairly easy to contact. Um, I'll have Kenneth draw the address up for you. She fancies herself a bit of an academic, uh, if you can imagine that. Uh, I'm not sure which of the two gents it was that led her into this escapade, but she certainly came out the most unscathed. As I said, it was she that came to me with it. Uh, she handed in her resignation afterwards but I have to believe that there's more to the story. I did my best to pull whatever information I could get from her, but she was distraught. Well, I can't be seen trying to pry information out of a a young woman like that. That's not seemly. So this happened a year ago or six months ago, if I'm understanding correctly? This would have happened clear about a year ago now. Well, I am... uh... 
clearly uh, interested in finding these people as well. And I thank you for all of your information. And if I find any more that can help you, I will let you know. Well, if there's anything else you could potentially do, I suppose just maybe think of what good the society could still potentially do. We are still looking for patrons. Okay, Mike, um, given my credit rating, do I have anything that, I mean, any amount that I can maybe donate? I mean, that's totally up to you. I would imagine that Miss O'Shea has cash on hand, although it's U.S. money, so it's not nearly as uh, powerful here. I mean, that that's totally up to your character, whether or not she feels that she would want to give a donation. Um, well, she would, but I'm just saying, can I make one of any worth? I mean, I know I'm not Lillian Lane, but... <laughs> and really, who is? Right. You think, just kind of with your... Because you're fairly intelligent, you could probably grip... What, what he's really looking for is, um, is sustainable donations, right? Right. So he wants the the way societies like this work, just like many societies and groups like a around us. Donation, yeah, membership fees, and and the house is cold, so there's no members here anymore. Mm-hmm. Mike, if I dropped my credit rating by percentage points, like, can I donate those percentage points as being a patron of this place, being a yeah, member? It doesn't really work like that. So. Okay, I was just unclear how it works. You know, basically devoting those as permanent resources to the foundation. Mm-hmm. We could come up with something like on the side if you wanted, but yeah. all right, this I'm gonna place intrigues me. Right, exactly. All right, let me leave you guys there really quick, and then I want to move on to. Yeah, I want to stop really quick with uh, Scotland Yard. So, Jack and Lawrence are headed to Scotland Yard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Inspector Barrington, yes? Yes. Yeah, he's a fairly uh, easy person to get a hold of. Um, how are you making your inquiry? Directly at New Scotland Yard? Yeah, that's probably the best way of doing it. Oh, we should probably call ahead first. Okay. The front desk is happy to ring up. Uh, they're a little concerned when you ask for Scotland Yard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but they... Uh, they connect you and you get a desk secretary who answers all of the uh, inspector's calls. And she says, "Um, yes. Can I say who's calling? Lawrence, are you handling this or am I? Uh, It's probably better if you do the talking, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yes, I was uh, an investigator from the United States looking into uh, speaking to what was the inspector's name? Barrington. Barrington about uh, the the Egyptian murders. Oh. Did you have a lead? Well, they seem very similar to ones that we had in New York. And I wanted to see if we could compare some notes. All right. Um, if you could just hold one moment. Here, um, of course. The line go a little quiet. Um, the inspector would have time for you today. He's very eager to uh, hear what you might have to say. Excellent. Uh, what time would you he'd like us in? Perhaps just after midday. Very good. She um, takes she takes your name down, and you are, sir. Uh, Jack Doyle. Mister Doyle. All right. Wonderful. 
but we'll see you about midday if you would just uh, ask for Inspector Barrington when you arrive at the yard. Thank you very much. After that, honestly, from your hotel, New Scotland Yard is not terribly far. So we'll, uh, you know, spend some time doing whatever until it's time. Lawrence, is there anything we want to uh, get straight before we head over there? Um, Do we want to bring any notes, documentation with us for the inspector? Or do we want to... I don't know how we want to play it, frankly, because you you also want to ask him about something else, right? Yes, I want to talk. I want to ask him about the uh, murders at the uh, British Museum. So, well, uh, I don't know what notes we have other than what we you know we know. We have the article from the scoop. Mm-hmm. All right, I think we'll we'll just have to play it by ear, I guess. So we will put you on the path to New Scotland Yard. All right, so, Mr. Granger. Evening. It is a day where chimneys must be swept. We're not We're not evening. You get a tiny care package outside your door. Okay. Um, I will take a moment to see if I can spot who left it, and otherwise I just kind of scoop it in and see what I'm working with. It's not the sea that you're working with. It's the smell. Oh, nice. Um, so, you smell... Inside this tiny care package, uh, you smell bread, like fresh baked goods. Uh, I'll open it. Okay. You open it, and you see something that is unforgettable, which is uh, muffins, which your, uh, your wonderful landlady has prepared for you. There's a very tiny note inside that simply says, don't forget to eat. All right. Um, I will put one in my mouth and bring the rest inside. Yeah, this is the ticket. So this is, what, day two after we've arrived? Yep, day two. After a night of working on the car, um, I will spend the day shopping about town, buying a, a laundry list of miscellaneous odds and ends from... I don't know, various specialty shops or good sure. stores, hardware stores... Yeah, we go we go on a we go on a little bit of a, of a trip, uh, a day trip. Yeah, you don't have too much trouble finding all of this stuff. Some of the things that you've listed there at the, at the last bits just take a little bit more uh, looking for the right shop, but you do eventually locate them. Once I have pretty much all that stuff assembled, I will do some prep. So I'll convert the the rope into nice a, a decent climbing rope. Give myself some decent footholds if I need them or what have you. I will put together probably a week's worth of food. Anything I can get my hands on that's not going to, like, rot in a bag. Yeah. So when you pack a bag to head out, what's your target? Are you going back to the church, or are you... The plan was to get um, work clothes. So either a fresh set of clothes and bake them in soot or find some sooty-ass work clothes. Um, and accompany that kid to the firm uh, adjacent to the Penu Foundation um, on his cleaning excursion. So I was going to basically accompany him as both a hauler and, like, rope holder. Right. So I'll, I'll, I'll go through, like, the full-blown workday with him. 
Okay. Do my best to, you know, keep him from getting stuck in a chimney. <laughs> share, I'll share my lunch with him and I'll, you know, generally try to make him aware of what he might want to do to his routine. As far as getting into the building, so, I mean, I guess let me know whether or not that happens. Like, I don't know whether... Yeah, you definitely get into... Um, you you and him link up, and you begin servicing a couple of different buildings. Uh, he tells you that they do about four a day, two before break, if they get a break, and two after. And you can tell a couple of things straight off the bat. One, they work uh, unbelievably hard. Uh, for the meager amounts that they make. Two, most of his other, most of the other kids, the boys, uh, they don't eat very often. What what little they seem to take away, they pay for, um, you know, they, they get what they can for food. And anything else is totally and wholly secondary. So clothes are not a priority. Sure. Because they just say, well, they're going to get dirty anyway, so why buy different clothes? But you can tell that. And you can also tell that there is definitely um, kind of a, a, a river of thinking amongst them. That is that they don't like the way the system works. Well, and they could die any minute. I mean, it sucks. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, I set up appropriately. Um, as far as access to the roof, do they take us through the building or do we have to get to it from outside? Uh, you're forced to get to it from outside. Okay, so I will take the opportunity to make my ascent as clean as possible, along with his. Uh, how many stories is the is the building? Was was it a three story? Is the roof flat or peaked or? We're talking about Penhue or the place next to it. The the place that we end up next to it. Um, the place that you end up next to it is peaked. It's high Victorian, just like the the Penhue Foundations. All the buildings are here. Okay. Um. So, it's it's three stories. Um, in that way, it sort of almost looks down a little bit. Mm-hmm. But the stories that you got to think of with Victorian architecture is that that roof is almost a story in and of itself mm-hmm. because of how the, the building architecture is. Yeah. Um, so it's quite the climb. Okay. Yeah, I will do my best to get us up there. I'll let him just basically run the show until the job is done. Once we wrap that up, however long that takes, I let him know that... Uh, we're going to be up here for a minute, so just sit tight. I have to prepare some things, and then we'll make our way down, and you'll be uh, on your way. Why don't you give me a psychology roll? Sure. Uh, with a failure, 32 over 10. He definitely takes pretty easily to your scheduling. Okay. Like, when you talk about needing a little, a little time up here, he just seems to acknowledge it and he continues uh, working with his kids. Okay. And you get fucking dirty. Oh yeah. I mean, you get really, really dirty. I take, I take it in. I guess once we are kind of settled, I'm going to try to find a place to nest amongst the peaks up here. That will give me an eye line to the Penhue foundation from the roof. This building and its peaks are actually ideal. Uh, in a couple of different ways. One, the building that he's selected for you, uh, or the side of the building that he decided to go up, has several different drain pipes that make the ascent a little easier. And you have basically a mid-peak in that roof Mm -hmm. that you can use as a visual block 
and you could sit up here for days and probably no one would ever notice you. So I will kind of smile to myself and uh, I will set up an eye hook, attach my rope to it, coil it nice and tight. I'll get my, basically my, my pup tent out of my duffel, <laughs> figure out where I need to lay and I'm just going to set up my, uh, my nest. Now, do I think that um, I would be better off leaving with them and then coming back or like how, I guess how oblivious do I think that the people were to how many of us came in or are going out or moving about? Oh, you don't think they paid you any, any attention to be perfectly honest. Okay. I mean, you're, you're lesser than members of service at this point. Once I kind of get settled in, I will approach our, our chimney hero. Um, okay. You are a very hardworking boy. You should be proud of what you do. He smiles. How long you be up here, you figure? Uh, that would uh, depend on when uh, you think uh, your boys will have to be back. It might be a, a week or so until we're back. Perhaps I will see you then? Perhaps. I mean, make sure you block out the rain. There's going to be an awful lot of rain. I gesture to the tent. He smiles. He tips his hat. I'll shake some of the soot off mine and tip it. Miss Lane, for this day, what were you planning on doing? Are you just going to do some shopping, or are you going to perhaps fill your day with something a little different? I was going to go to whatever large library is around and try to look at the periodicals to take a look into what else the Penyu Foundation, what exactly the Penyu Foundation might be funding. So one of the larger libraries or available libraries at around would be the library at the British Museum, which you could go if you wanted to. But London in and of itself, the city is filled with large libraries. You really have uh, your, your pick of them. Sure. I, well, I wanted to go to the British Museum anyways. So if, yeah, that sounds perfect. Okay. So we'll pick you up there at the British Museum Library and you can go in and make your rubber usual. Great. Give me just a second. Yeah. Oh, oh. I got a 78 out of 50. That's gross. That, um, that's a failure. Okay. Yes. So you spend quite a bit of time researching the Penhu Foundation. I assume that your intendant is to spend the day doing that? Yes, and maybe talking to any of the curators at the uh, the museum as well about if there's any artifacts that they've, the Penny Foundation has recovered there or what they might know as well. Sure, of course. So it's fairly easy for you to get a hold of some of the information. Um, so even outside of your library use role, just researching the Penhu Foundation in and of itself, as far as the periodicals, is going to reveal some things. The foundation issues grants to scholars that are undertaking the study of Egyptian history and antiquities. This also includes uh, negotiating permits with the Egyptian authorities, uh, and that is for the uh, assisting in uh, travel itineraries and uh, the hiring of local labor. The building here serves the London area uh, to, uh, to house the recovered artifacts, something that you already know. And you know that there are, roughly speaking, about 20 digs in all in Egypt. Your day, however, turns a little 
less than productive. So outside of some of the more what you would probably consider fluff information, you don't really find any juicy bits here to chew on. Even going in through and, and asking some of the curators here, you find out from them directly that the Penhue Foundation is very well regarded. Um, it's a very positive, I mean, it, within the um, academic community, it has a very positive reputation. Uh, and they tell you that if you want to know more about the Penny Foundation, with all due respect, ma'am, you should just go to the Penny Foundation and talk to them about it. Because they are going to have all of their histori history and the history of Egypt that they've recovered on display. Really? Oh, quite. Yes. No, the, the, the Penny Foundation itself is a small museum of recovered pieces. I, I guess I didn't realize that. But that, that's good information to have. Thank you. Of course. Guess I know where I'm headed next. Well, on that note, I'm going to call the session to a close. When we pick up next episode, uh, we get to see perhaps the doctor and Miss O'Shea investigate some more of the uh, information that they've got. And we'll have a meeting with Inspector Barrington at New Scotland Yard. So I want to thank all of our patron backers for assisting us uh, with the show. We couldn't do it without you. We super appreciate it. And we will see you next week. 